You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is November 2nd, Thursday. It's a 49ers bye week as they'll look to get back on track after this week. But joining me to look at, you know, what the 49ers can improve, where they stand in the NFC now and going forward, Rob Statscarrera. How you doing, Rob? Do you have a good uh, Halloween with the kiddos? I did. We were uh, all Star Wars characters, the whole family, my son, who's nine now, and my daughter, who's three years old. My daughter was BB-8, the little robot droid. Uh, we were Jedi, so it was a good time. Nice. I, I love to hear it. I'm sure you're you're stealing their candy now, as you know, all the parents out there uh, are at this time of the year. Uh, but Rob, as always, on a Thursday, I do want to start with uh, this week in 49ers history, all right? And it is relevant, as it, it usually is. October 31st, 2019, after beating the Arizona Cardinals to improve 8-0 on their season, Aaron Andrews interviews a very smug Jimmy Garoppolo after the game, asking him how he felt about being 8-0, to which he uttered the infamous words, feels great, baby. (laughs) The high point of Jimmy Garoppolo's career. (laughs) Pretty much. So that was... That, that's kind of what I wanted to bring it up for, right? I mean, it, it was a time for us, for Jimmy. You know, I always love, uh, you know, to keep the This Week in 49ers history relevant. And, you know, this week it, it feels kind of extra relevant because I don't know if Jimmy will ever feel as great as he did that day. He just got benched by the Raiders. R.I.P. Womp womp. He's looking fucking good, man. <laughs> Not quite. Yeah, yeah, it's not it's not looking so great for the Raiders in general. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is just kind of collateral. But he, he wasn't playing great himself. He was playing, you know, like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. So a true lesson in the grass isn't always greener, right? Um, unless you're Chase Young, because he went from Washington Commanders to San Francisco 49ers yesterday when the trade was made official by his past physical and John Lynch spoke to the media after the trade Wednesday, and he pretty much like reiterated that, hey, Young is healthy, as evidenced by not only him playing uh, you know, for the commanders these past few weeks, but he's been playing well. And Lynch, of course, uh, you know, cited the tape. And I think I have to agree. Like by all accounts, all the all 22 clips that I've seen, he looks good. It looks like he's got that burst back. The arrow seems to be pointing up, not just for him, but for the 49ers defensive line, right, Rob? Yeah, like I agree with you. Everything that I see, it's like candy. You're talking about Halloween. It's like, oh, give me Chase Young. Look at this speed rush. Chase Young, bull rush. This is awesome. He's chasing down Russell Wilson. Like it all looks good. And I keep all I keep going back to is why the hell would Washington get rid of this guy? If it if it's as good as it looks and it looks awesome, how did we get him for nothing for a comp pick that we could get back if he leaves after the year? Rob, this is the same team we're talking about that gave up Trent Williams. I mean, this is just a bad organization top to bottom. They also gave up Montez Sweat. You would think you'd want to keep at least one of those guys. They're both young. Like Montez Sweat was 27, uh, young 24 and a half. So, I mean, it it doesn't make sense from their standpoint at all, but maybe they're just a bad team. Dumb organizations do dumb things. So that's entirely possible. 
Uh, but I, if it's as good as it looks, like this could be a major, major boost because not only does he win, he wins quickly. And God knows what have we been talking about with the 49ers pass roster? Just that hair away, right? If somebody can win just a little bit faster, we always talk about making that quarterback have to pause or hitch or hesitate. If Chase Young can do that, he's going to have a domino effect across the defensive line. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is kind of what they've had in the past, right? You think of Omenahue, uh, he's very underrated, but I think we do miss Omenahue this year, uh, and he's a pretty quick guy off the edge. Uh, before that, it was D4. That was short-lived, of course, but we know the impact when he was healthy, when he was out there, how much that helped Nick Bosa. And so, yeah, I think it is going to help this entire defensive line. But I did like the fact that, you know, John Lynch, when he spoke about it, he didn't act as if this was some magic pill. And like he he even used those words, right? This isn't some magic pill, but still felt like this is a move that could ultimately help the 49ers. Um, and so I I really like that because being honest with yourself is is important here. And I think everyone in the building knows, like, hey. All of the right people are are in the building. Kyle has said the same thing. I think Fred has even kind of said the same thing as well. So they have the talent already, but this is a move that that is going to help them uh, in the short term. And, you know, it doesn't hurt them in the long term as far as like financial commitments go. Oh, you're you're muted, Rob. I do that once a show. I'm sorry. Doesn't this contradict itself? This quote was really weird to me. Look inward, not outward to fix the pass rushing problems. But we're going to bring in somebody from outward to come and fix the pass rushing problems. We're not going to be reactionary, but we've got like no sacks through the first eight games. So we're going to trade for a pass rusher. Like, doesn't that seem like he's talking out of both sides of his mouth? Um, I mean, Yes and no. I mean, I think the situation is kind of twofold, right? Like you could feel like all of the guys are in the building and you have a really good roster and they should be able to win with that roster at the same time. The team could also get better. Right. So like, I kind of feel like that's what he's saying. Um, And kind of the same thing last year too. Right. Like when they picked up Christian McCaffrey, like the rich just get richer Um, already a very solid, very good, roster but hey if you have an opportunity to make your team better in this case because of where they're at um in their window you don't want it to be a move where you're giving up too much and that's also i think one of the big things from you know what i gathered in john lynch's uh presser was that you know they didn't want to risk too much in any move that they made so this was kind of like a move that in their eyes felt like a win-win and i agree like the risk reward here is way in the 49ers favor. You're giving up essentially nothing. You're paying him. I think like around a half a million dollars for a potential impact player. Now we don't know. And he's got to stay healthy and all of that stuff, but the upside versus what you're risking to get him. It, it was a no brainer deal for John Lynch. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really what it all comes down to. I mean, that they're pretty much getting him for $561,000 this year. Like that's it because, you know, they're going to get a compensatory pick back uh, assuming that he's not, they're not going to sign him to a long-term contract. So this is just smart uh, management in my opinion. And we were just talking about like, you know, the commanders and, and how getting rid of someone like this for that price is kind of questionable, but for John Lynch, it looks 
genius, I think. And it's it's great to know that, you know, he, he's getting on the healthier side, Chase Young is. And I, I think you can see it, right? Like, is that one of your con- was was that one of your concerns, Rob? Absolutely, because he's missed time. I mean, look, he came in in 2020 and immediately won defensive rookie of the year. And then in 2021, he has a devastating ACL injury like we saw Nick Bosa, except he doesn't have this robotic recovery that Bosa made. It's taken him time. He couldn't play till late in 2022. And when he did get back, you know, it 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 wasn't the same that we had seen in 2020. Now it looks like he's sort of way closer to that than he was. So if that is the case, then you are bringing in a guy that was what? Wasn't he like the second overall draft pick, I believe? Definitely a top five draft pick to go along with the other top five draft pick you have at defensive end to go along with the other first round draft pick you have in Javon Kinlaw, not to mention the other first round draft pick you have in Eric Armstead. I mean, it's absurd. The resources that they have put into this defensive line. So it better be able to get home. And that's why I like John Lynch uh, in the conference call. He said like, we don't just expect those guys to be good. We expect those guys to be great because of what's invested there. And he's not wrong for thinking that. Yeah, I mean, certainly no excuses for that group. Uh, and and Steve Wilkes, as you know, a lot of people in the comments have been saying as well. Mm-hmm. And again, it, it's good that Young is healthy because the 49ers have their fair share of injuries already going into this bye week. But the bye week, of course, should help. One of the most notable ones that we're tracking is Trent Williams, right, with that ankle injury. Uh, one thing that Kyle Shanahan said earlier in the week, I believe it was Monday, said hopefully he'll have a good week this week of rehab and be ready to go when we come back for practice next Monday. So something to keep an eye on this following Monday. Uh, and hopefully Trent is out there because he's been someone that's definitely been missed for this team, as has been Debo Samuel with his hairline fracture in the shoulder um, and we haven't gotten too many updates on this one, but of course, like when the injury results were shared, it was, he'll be out the next two weeks and then quote, we'll see after the bye week Right. So right. I don't know if I, how confident I, I feel about that one. I think I've just been assuming that Debo will be back after the bye week but that's not for sure. Like they could still be out without Debo. And I really hope that in that case, there are some adjustments and counters to what defenses are now doing because Debo's not out there. Like it, I've been talking about it this week. Like they're not respecting the motion. They're not respecting like the run as much. And that's why you're getting into these situations where they're, they haven't been very efficient on the ground. And that's kind of hurting everything uh, on the offense. And, and part of the reason you can explain, they've only been scoring 17 points these last three weeks. So um, that that's a big one for me. And then Aaron Banks, of course, turf toe, he's going to end up missing a few weeks. That is probably in addition to this bye week right? So uh, we're going to see John Feliciano at left guard. How, how confident are you, Rob, about like Feliciano being out there? Let's just say Trent is back after the bye week And so he'll have Trent next to him at the very least. Uh, how, how confident are you about John Feliciano? If Trent is there, I feel fine about Feliciano. I, I honestly, I don't think Aaron Banks has been that great this year. He has really struggled at certain times. Uh, so I, I don't think that there's that much of a drop off. I think, especially with Trent there, if Trent wasn't there, I'd be a little more nervous, but you're right about the ground game. To me, this is why the offense has broken down because when they can't run the ball, 
their play action becomes less effective. And that means they have to rely more on the straight drop back passing game. And that is not how this offense is built to succeed. It's just not. And every off it, Every offense has strengths and weaknesses, and that's fine. And the drop straight drop back game is not the strength of this offense. So you have to, have to, have to be able to run the ball. And it's interesting you mentioned the motions, too. What teams are doing now, instead of having a man follow the guy in motion and thus like shift the balance of power on the defense, what teams are doing is they're just taking somebody that is on the, the side of the field where the guy motions to and just kind of adjusting there. So no one follows the motion anymore does that change with Debo I don't know but I would think if they don't do that with Debo then the Niners are going to have a man advantage on that side of the field and and Kyle Shanahan will take that all day long so you're right Debo coming back will have a big uh, effect on this new adjustment that defenses seem to have made to Kyle Shanahan yeah, and, and Jimbo here is asking, uh, her Debo was back to the practice field. Yeah, he's been on the practice field. I, I think uh, the last we heard, like, he was doing side work, right? So yeah. that's the extent of it. He hasn't really, uh, you know, joined uh, the actual, like, practices. I don't even know if he's done walkthroughs or anything like that with the team. So um, hopefully we hear something more optimistic for Debo uh, on Monday when they begin practicing again. And uh, – just quick question from Gammon Brown. Shout out Gammon for the donation. Is there a scenario where uh, Chase Young is the new D Ford for this team? Uh, I think, you know what? I, I don't know. I, I think that's a stretch just because I, I feel like D Ford was n- more known for, you know, being a speed rusher than I think Chase Young is. But the one thing I will say about Chase Young that maybe is a little bit different than D Ford, maybe a little bit better. Like I feel like Chase Young will help a ton in the run game as well. And, and that's thing, something that they've been hurting on these past few weeks. And so I, I think he's going to be able to play, you know, potentially all three downs unless, you know, they want to do a rotation. But that that flexibility, I think, will be available to them because of what Chase Young uh, brings you. This touches on something that uh, kind of dawned on me this morning when I was in the shower. Apparently, like. I don't know if showers have mystical power, but I feel like a lot of things pop in my head with the shower. I don't know if it's the water or the nakedness or what the deal is there, but I feel like this team has spent too much time talking and thinking about the past, right? What we did last year, we got to the NFC championship game last year, getting the number one seed like we have in previous years, getting back to the pass rush to what it was last year, to what it was in 2019. Like, forget about that. We don't need... Chase Young to be D Ford. We need Chase Young to be Chase Young. They need to focus on maximizing what they have this year and adjusting the play to to get the most juice out of that orange for this year. It doesn't matter if it's as good as 2019. Make it as good as it can be in 2023. I don't know. I just I feel like there's too much looking in the in the rearview mirror, not enough looking through the windshield. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like a lot of that comes from fans too, because you know mm-hmm. we're always worried about time slipping within this window and oh like that potentially being their best chance that they could have had in 2019 right like I think we all look at that and think oh like if we can't be that good we'll we'll never make it back kind of thing um but the NFL is fluid right I mean I know we're looking at the Eagles and we're looking at all these other teams that have improved as well since then and also since last year and we'll talk more about those teams in a bit but yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, Rob. I, I think we we got to be in the moment. I, I certainly feel like 
Kyle, John, like they're in the moment, right? I, I don't think they're like, oh, I, we need a new uh, D Ford for this team. So let's get Chase Young. I don't think that's what, you know, that that move came from. But yeah, I agree. Let, let's uh, move forward. And um, yeah, one more injury to track here on the defensive side. Dre Greenlaw now dealing with the shoulder sprain. And it's kind of felt like Green, Greenlaw is getting beat up out there because yeah. he, he had the, the hamstring before that. It felt like he wasn't always like 100% in these last few games, even when he was out there now day to day. Uh, with the shoulder sprain and so again 49ers should benefit greatly from the bye week in more ways than one but rest and getting back to health of course is, is going to be a big one for this team especially for the offense because how shaky they have looked um, I do want to talk about some of the guys that are on injured reserve because we're getting a lot of questions now about ooh, like with all the team struggling. Could some of these guys actually help? And you look at the list of guys, it's uh wide receiver, Danny gray, defensive end, Robert Beal jr. Uh, cornerback, Daryl looter, cornerback, Samuel Womack, a lot of young players, a lot of young players, uh, two rookies. And I don't know, Rob, like, I, I don't know how I feel about any of these guys really being able to help out. I think the biggest one for me is Samuel Womack. I feel like Samuel Womack, will actually could actually have an impact on this team going forward because of what we've been seeing from Isaiah Oliver, right? Like the team desperately needs something to improve at the nickel position. And Oliver, he's been fine as a run defender. He's been great, you might even say, but in coverage, he is getting <laughs> like beat. Every single time, 20 of 20 quarterbacks have been throwing his coverage last four games, I believe. So not great. And the 49ers have to look for answers. Ideally, you'd want Oliver to figure it out. But if he can, I mean, could Womack potentially be the answer there? I'm hoping somebody. I mean, look, you just said the stats. Isaiah Oliver is allowing the same completion percentage that I would allow if I was in coverage. It's 100. Like You can't get worse than that. So... Anybody you would think could potentially be better, whether it's Womack, yes, or even Darrell Luter. Like I was, I remember when he was picked. Um, and one of the things that Adam Peters said when he was drafted was, there's not going to be a lot of us trying to bring him along, he said. He's ready to be a pro right now. And I feel like with a lot of these 49ers draft picks, they kind of redshirt a year and then they kind of contribute in their second year. And so I thought for Adam Peters to say that, like they usually don't say that about guys that they draft. So I was really hopeful, like, hey, maybe this could be a guy that could contribute right away. But whether it's Luter, whether it's Womack, it, it's got to be somebody because it just can't continue the way it has. I mean, it's, it's a complete liability out there. You can't have liabilities. They don't have to have all pros at every spot, but just give me a league average player. Yeah, and you know what kind of sucks about the situation is that I kind of feel like the 49ers are in desperation mode to find an answer there, mm -hmm. and that could also put them into trouble because as Fish and Chips in the comments here says, Womack has weaknesses also. There's a reason that, you know, from the beginning, he, he wasn't really deemed the starter at nickel, right, despite there being that, that emptiness there, um, you know, after Jimmy Ward left, and so – one of the things, and it was brought up yesterday in one of my shows, uh, I forget who said it, but one of the, I think it was on the Richard Sherman podcast, but one of the reasons that they, the 49ers didn't like Womack at nickel is because he lacked the physicality, um, mm -hmm. you know, to play the position. And 
opposite kind of of Isaiah Oliver, I'd say Womack's probably better in coverage, but maybe not as good in defending the run. So, like if they if they just join <laughs> they join forces somehow, um, you know, maybe you'd have a, a perfect nickel corner. But yeah, I mean, again, like if you then switch and you're going back and forth. What were we saying at the beginning of the year or like in training camp, Rob, like when they kept going back and forth between Mm -hmm. guys at nickel like that, I don't know if that really helps anyone out. Right. I think their plan was to have Womack on the outside and have Diamador Lenore be the nickel. I think that is the hope. Do that too. If Womack can come back and contribute. Um, But I think Lenore, like Lenore has been fine as a corner, as a CB two, like, you could do a lot worse than the Amador Lenore, but the problem is, yeah, they're, they're weak. And then the other scary thought too, is Steph like, and Levin has been on this from the jump this year. If they have one injury at corner, we're in deep crap, like big time. So you were, you were really hoping that they could acquire a corner at the deadline. Chris Sims just said on his podcast that he had people around the league texting him like, Hey, your boy, Kyle Shanahan is hitting us up about our corners. So I, I think that that was really priority one for them. Uh, and John Lynch kind of bristled. You know, he got a little defensive when Grant asked him, why did you get another pass rusher and not a corner? And he was like, well, this was the best deal for us. And it's like, all right, but you still need a corner. And, you know, for a team that keeps talking about Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, obviously the price was too high for them to pay to get a corner. So that's that's a worry. Yeah, I think that's what it all came down to ultimately. And I think like we we started hearing some reports about what the Bears were looking for with Jalen Johnson. They were looking for a first. (laughs) So, yeah, I I don't blame John Lynch for not making that move if, in fact, that was one they were looking at. And, you know, one of the quotes that John Lynch had at his presser, right, was sometimes one of the best moves you make is ones you don't make. Or, or some of that fact, right? Yeah. So you know who says that? The guy that doesn't make a move. <laughs> but you know, I to to go back to that, like what we were talking about is just this team can't really jeopardize too much in the long term either. Like they're kind of in this weird spot of their window where okay, if, if this is one of your final chances, you have to make sure you still have a lot of picks for, for your future, for if you're going to rebuild, retool, whatever you want to call it, you need those picks, right? So, yeah, I mean, you can't really give up everything. So uh, Chase Young is a good, I think, in between. And also, as we know, as we've seen with this team, the pass rush can go a long way in helping uh, the secondary out. We just haven't seen it this year. But if all goes well, if all improves with the pass rush, then I think we'll start to see those positive trickle effects, uh, you know, on the back end. But you can't be all in if you still have money, right? Like either you're all in or you're not. If you're telling me it's a Super Bowl window and you couldn't wait for Trey Lance and all this stuff, then why am I worried about 2024? Why am I worried about 2025? If you're all in, be all in. And so I don't know. I, I don't like when they try to do both. You can't keep talking about how you've got to win a Super Bowl and it's a Super Bowl window and then also tell me, well, we don't want to ruin ourselves for the future. Like, you think the Rams regret where they are now? They got a damn Super Bowl out of it. And yeah, you might have to, you know, eat it for a couple of years. Great. We might have to eat it for a couple of years anyway if they rebuild. So if I got to do it either way, I'd rather have the, the Super Bowl trophy. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I, I, 
I personally wouldn't have been mad if they gave up like a first uh, for a Jalen Johnson or for another corner. But that's like what corners were going for, right? Like a really good corner is probably yeah. going for about that much. Uh, like I wouldn't have been upset, but you know, I some years down the line, I'd be like, damn you. Like wh- <laughs> what, what is this product you're putting on the field kind of thing? You know, cause we always find a reason to complain. Um, but look, going back to these injuries, uh, you know, John Lynch was asked specifically about all these guys who are eligible to return from IR. Seems like the 49ers are playing it a little safer this year than they did last year. Because remember, last year they ran out of guys who they could bring back from <laughs> IR, right? So I think this year they're going to be a little more calculated in who they want to bring back. And so, of course, him and Kyle are going to talk about it. Him and, you know, the health staff, they're going to talk about it. But ultimately, John Lynch said, quote, I do believe a couple, if not a few, are on the verge of having their windows open. So if I had a guess, Womack, you know, might be one of those guys uh, that I'd, I'd probably expect to see on the field at some point. At the very worst, Rob, it's special teams. You know, like they could use a boost there as well, right? And and depth. I mean, you're, we were just talking about that, right? So it's not a bad thing. I, I would really like to see some of these guys on the field. But Rob, what I want to do now, and and I want this to be a pretty interactive uh, part of our show as well. So people in the comments watching live, make sure that you, uh, you know, talk with us, join the discussion here. I want to look at the rest of the 49ers schedule here, and I want to go game by game. And we're going to do a rest of season prediction because I think right now we have a little more information. We might be a little confused about who this team is right now, but we have more information than we did at the start of the season, right? To kind of say, okay, this is what I think is going to happen the rest of the year. So let's go through these. Week 10, coming off the bye, the 49ers play the Jaguars, who look like a pretty freaking good team right now. Uh, but the 49ers keep telling us, hey, we're like, we're we're really trying to fix this. Whatever's going wrong, we're gonna fix it during the bye week. How confident are you that they can do it against the Jaguars? They can do it against anybody, and that's the frustrating part. When the 49ers play their best, they don't lose. Like nobody can beat them. But the problem is the inconsistency with this team. We never know which team is going to show up, but they have to, have to, have to win the next two games, Steph. They just, they, ha- and I'm talking about like, even to make the playoffs, they have to do it. Because after the Jags and the Tampa game, as you can see on the stream, it's Seahawks, Eagles, Seahawks. You're probably not going 3-0 and in that stretch. You might go 1-2. and You never know. So to me, you have to scoop up two wins here. If you get two wins and you go into that first Seahawks game, 7-3, and you're in great shape. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, I I think because they have to win, and they have to win that game against the Giants. We've been saying that for the last two weeks now. Like, they have to win, like, these last two games. But I think that one, because it's coming off the bye, like, dude, you you have to show some life. And and that's the game. They're going to have to do it. And so I do think that'll end up being a win, as well as the Bucks. I mean, that could be a challenge with some of the receivers that they have, but the Bucks are like a middling team. You it, again, like if you're playing at your best, you should be able to beat the Bucks. So I have them beating the Jags and the Bucks, and then from there, it's that tough stretch, right? The Seahawks, Eagles, Seahawks. How do you see that one going? Oh man, that is tough. 
Uh, let's be generous and split with the Seahawks, right? Let's say Seattle yeah. wins at home yeah. on Thanksgiving and the Niners win at home on December 10th. Then it's the Philly game. Philly is really good. They know how to grind it out. They're comfortable in close games. A.J. Brown, I mean, teams with good secondaries can't stop A.J. Brown. He's got six straight games of 125 yards or more. He's a wrecking ball right now. I just don't know how the 49ers are going to stop him. And the thing I like about Philly is, like, whenever they need to play, it's just like A.J. Brown, A.J. Like, they don't screw around. They just chuck it to him, and he's good. So I I worry about that Eagles game. The only thing that maybe gives me pause is that Jalen Hurts is banged up. Uh, reportedly he had to have treatment for an hour on his knee just to be able to play in the Washington game. If wow. he's banged up and not at a hundred percent, that will definitely favor the Niners. But I got to say I, in Philly, I don't think they're winning that game. I really don't. Yeah. I think I got to be a realistic with what we've seen. Now, if the 49ers had gone eight and zero, I'd probably be feeling a little bit different about that game. But again, given what we know right now through eight weeks, I'm saying I also agree they'll split uh, with the Seahawks and I have them losing to the Seahawks in Seattle and then I'll have them losing to the Eagles in Philadelphia, but winning against the Seahawks at home. Now, the next few games, Cardinals, Ravens, Commanders um, and then Rams. I think here like these are much easier games in in my opinion it and that could change right like you know sometimes things change some of these could become harder as the season progresses some of these could become easier as the season progresses we don't know but as of right now i have them beating the cardinals um and then i have them losing to the ravens on christmas i hate that for us because i would really ruin my christmas <laughs> um, maybe i should just not watch and watch the next day um and then i have them beating the commanders and the Rams. So at least they have a strong finish, right? Yeah. I think that, I think they'll win the Cardinals game, although I don't think it'll be easy. Kyler will probably back for that game. Um, the Ravens game. I think they're going to get whooped by the Ravens. I really do. I think Lamar is going to have a field day. He's playing awesome right now. That commanders game just got a lot easier because they're gutting their team. Uh, so I'm, they'll be fine there. And the Rams, I mean, Matthew Stafford may not even be playing in that game. He's got a, a torn ligament in his thumb or a damaged ligament in his thumb. Uh, and the Rams may be out of it by then. So he may not even be there. Plus, they, they're the Rams' daddy. So I think they'll win against the Cards. They'll win against the Commanders. And they'll win against the Rams. So they could finish 3-1, and one, which would be a great finish. But, yeah, I think our Christmas and our Thanksgiving are both going <laughs> to be uh, sullied by losses. Why? Why do they keep putting our team on holidays? Like that has not fared well for the 49ers. But it seems like me and you, Rob, are in agreement on on all these games pretty much. And so that would be a six and three record for the second half of the season, which would have them finishing at 11 and six. And, you know, yeah, I think some people in the comments kind of feeling that same thing as well. That's not bad. Like 11 and six, that's enough to get you to the playoffs. I don't know if it's enough or it will be enough to win the division. Uh, but at this point, if you if you're not winning the division, I feel like look, if, if you're not getting the one seed, winning the division like mean doesn't mean too much to me personally. Uh so I, I think that's kind of where the 49ers are at. I don't see them being a team that's gonna get the one or two seeds. So, you know, let's just try to cut our losses and and get what we can. Right. So 11 and six, I, I would say, and some people saying 10, seven, uh, but 
all in all, respectable. You get in, and you could say what you want about Kyle Shanahan. He's been a very good playoff coach. I know they've had, obviously, they didn't, haven't won the Super Bowl, but his playoff record is really good. He dials up the game plans for the playoffs, I believe. So to me, you just get in the dance, and they've got as good a shot as anybody. And let's not just, you know, hand the division to the Seahawks just yet if the Niners do go, uh, what do we say, 11-7, and 11-6. and six. Seattle's got to play Baltimore in Baltimore this week, which go Ravens. They still have to play the Rams again in LA, which they lost to the Rams in week one. They still have to play the Niners twice, obviously Dallas and Philly and Pittsburgh. Like it's, it's not an easy uh, stretch here for the Seahawks. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point, right? Because it's not just about the 49ers and their tough schedule. I mean, we got to look at all these other contenders. And right now on the screen, what we're looking at are the remaining schedules of the Cowboys, Eagles, Lions, and Seahawks. And some of these teams also have some some tough schedules. Seahawks, maybe uh, one of the toughest, uh, as the Cowboys as well. So, you know, I, I think it's it's all relative to your division or your conference. And so... Yeah, it, there is a chance. I'm, I'm not counting the 49ers out completely. Man, uh, look at that Lions schedule. They could get the one seed. They're going to walk to a division title, first of all, especially with Kirk Cousins out for the year. I mean, their division is garbage. The Bears are trash. Minnesota now stinks. So that's four more wins right there. Green Bay is terrible. The Broncos, ugh. Like, they got one tough game left in the year against Dallas. Other than that, that's it. Yeah, the Lions have the Chargers, uh, Bears twice, Green Bay, uh, Saints, Denver, Minnesota twice without Kirk Cousins, and Dallas. I mean, yeah, that is that is a bit of a cakewalk. So they're going to be feeling pretty good at the end of the year. Uh, Seahawks, is, as you were saying, Rob, Ravens, uh, Commanders, Rams, Niners, Cowboys, Niners, Philly. So they got they got a ri- really tough stretch too. If you want to count the 49ers as part of a tough stretch uh, of four games there, and then Titans, Steelers, and uh, the Cardinals, and then for the Eagles they have Dallas, Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Cowboys, Seattle, That's Giants, <laughs> Cardinals, and then the Giants. Like that, I mean, their easiest schedule left or their easiest game left is the Giants twice, right? That's- and that's the division game. I mean, they'll, they'll, they should win those games, but their stretch that they're in right now, Dallas yeah, by in Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, in Dallas, in Seattle. That is a show. Jalen Hurts better be healthy because, man, they are going to be tested. Yeah, for sure. And, and on the Cowboys side, as I mentioned, they have a tough one too. Eagles, Giants, Panthers, Commanders, Seahawks, Eagles, uh, this stretch is tough. Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions, and then the Commanders to end the season. Holy cow. I mean, so looking at all of this, sure, the Lions, they're, they're, they're going to be able to make a run at one of those top seeds, I think, uh, given their schedule. But given this, like, I do feel better about the 49ers situation if they can turn it around, right, after this bye week and they can look like the team that we know them to be. I agree. That is the question, right? If they can be the team that we know them to be. So, Rob, what do you think the 49ers need to do at this bye week? Like, if you had to pick one thing, because I asked uh, John Chapman this yesterday, I was like, if you could pick one thing, 
that the 49ers need to fix in this bye week, what would be your top priority? The running game. Fix the running game. Because even if this defense isn't totally right, you know, as much crap as we have given Steve Wilkes, and he has earned some of that, they really have not given up a ton of points. I know the Bengals ultimately put up 31, but the Niners turned it over right in the red zone. That helped the Bengals get a cheap touchdown. They played well enough for a stretch in that game for the Niners to get back into it. So I know we've been frustrated by the defense, but to me, it's the running game because the offense is non-functional with the running game as bad as it is. If you can just get some semblance of a running game, you're going to be able to move the ball. You're not going to ask Brock Purdy to have to be in situations that are not advantageous to him. He's going to be able to rely on play action. I just think everything will look better if they can just have an average run game. They were awful against Cincinnati on the ground. It has to get better. And they were rolling over teams when the run game was was going, right? So, yeah, that that is certainly a big one. I think Trent's going to be a huge part of that going forward, as will Debo, of course. For me, I'm going to say, you know, you have to fit, fix your pass rush. And I get it. Pressures. The pressures have been there. I get it. Keep hearing about it. The pressures. They have to finish. That's what we're talking about when we're complaining about the pass rush. They have to be finishers. And I think that's the one thing that Chase Young is going to allow them to be able to do because he's going to get those explosive get offs. Uh, you know, the the GTFO score must be high with Chase Young. And <laughs> that's supposed to help the rest of this defensive line. It should help Nick Bosa. I mean, Nick Bosa hasn't been bad. Like last week, he wasn't bad. He had, he had two sacks last week. I know there's some weird plays where it's like, dude, like you could have had that tackle. Like he's kind of struggling in the run game more than anything, but I feel like that's the entire like defensive line. And so they need to go back to basics. They need to fix just like the fundamental things that are going wrong with that pass rush. And I think if they could get that going, the secondary is going to look a hell of a lot better just like it did in years past, right? So I, I think it all starts in the trenches, Rob. Like both of what you were saying and what I'm saying here, like it all starts in the trenches. Get back to complementary football. I think that's going to go a long way in helping this team. Uh, shout out Paul Hope. Yeah, 15 days until he's over in the Bay. Paul Hope's holding it down in the UK. A uh, huge 49er presence uh, over there as far as the fans go. So uh, love that for you, Paul. Hope you enjoy the game that you get to go to. Um, question from Gammon. One thing that I, or, or just uh, a statement here. One thing that I have not seen mentioned is Chase Young's Madden rating and having it compared to everyone else's rating on the D line. That's content. Oh yeah, I may, maybe I maybe that's my next uh, my next slide that I should put up on the screen uh, for the next episode. But that is our episode for today. It's a short one, but, you know, it's it's the bye week, all right? We don't have uh, too much here. So, Rob, what do you have going on um, during the bye week these next few days? You're going to have, uh, you know, some days off here? No days off. We don't take out. You know, as part of the Gold Standard Network, we're not taking any days off. Um, I know the Levin and I today are going to talk kind of what you and I talked about. What do they need to do to get back on track? We'll get his thoughts on the trade. And then tomorrow with Michelle Majig, we're going to look at what to watch for. Basically a watch guide for the Niners this week. Like I will be glued to that Raven Seahawks game. Like, yes, please let me check that out. There's actually a bunch of good games this week. If you are just like a regular football fan, there's a lot of good Kansas city, Miami, in Germany at, you know, super early in the morning. That's another good game. Bill Cincinnati on Sunday night football. Like there's stuff to watch. 
Uh, but we're gonna we'll be live every day on the Gold Standard Network. So like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, and uh, you can get us anywhere you find your podcasts. I love that. Yep. Make sure you follow uh, the Gold Standard Network. Follow Rob. Um, as far as I go, I do have another show later here today with Mariah, the Two Goats show, and then uh, off tomorrow. No, no preview episode needed, right? Uh, no show with Weston on Monday, uh, but I might have a show with uh, uh, Ashley Ariana on Monday, and then of course Bully Ball on Tuesdays here on yeah. YouTube, um, or of course if you follow the Gold Standard Network wherever you get your podcasts, you'll find that. Um, but I, I plan to just enjoy, you know, my weekend, my bye week, touch some grass uh, and, you know, just just reset and recharge myself. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in to today's show. Make sure you like this video. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not yet. Not just mine, but Rob's as well. But for now, have a good rest of your Thursday, folks. Peace. <laughs>